effects of the of the greater community actually support our own good you know we all benefit from everybody benefiting we all grow from everybody growing. welcome to the big self podcast we are a community for curious people for people at a life or career crossroads ready to rejoin their soul and their role we are insatiably curious about how self-knowledge can make us better humans and help us make a bigger impact the more we learn the better we get and there are people from a wide variety of disciplines doing the work they can teach us something about ourselves and the work we can do. I'm Shelley Prevost. I'm an educational psychologist. And I'm Chad Prevost. I'm a writer and teacher. We are partners in business and partners in life. We have in-depth conversations that cut to the chase and reveal that our inner work is critical if we want to leave a mark on the world. This is Big Self Work. Let's get started. On today's episode, we talk with Marco Perez. He's running for Hamilton County School Board District 2. We talk with him about how all students are needing equal access and how as a community, we should rally around each other and how we're obligated to each other as well. Marco is the owner of ReLife Strategies where he helps businesses and organizations find finance and operational efficiencies. He's dedicated his life to servant leadership, working on nonprofits and businesses throughout the community. Marco and Leah have been married for 23 years and are the parents of three daughters, the oldest now attending Princeton University, and the other two attend Hamilton County Schools. Hey, Marco. Welcome to our podcast. We're so glad you're here. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me to be part of this. Of course. It's always fun to talk with you. Um, we have let our listeners know a little bit about your back, background, but I would love for you to share as we kick off here your story, how you got to Chattanooga um, by way of Costa Rica, which is where you are from, and just share a little bit about um, what got you here and and now that you're here, what have you all have you been digging into with our community? I want everyone to know. Well, I was raised in Costa Rica. My uh, mom actually has roots in Tennessee. Interestingly, her mother is from Tennessee. And uh, so anyways, we uh, we moved here, my family and I. We, we established our roots here about nine years ago. Uh, I had a brother who was already here, and, and uh, we just decided this would be a great place to uh, consider home. So uh, once... I arrive, part of my goal always, wherever I live, is to uh, just involve myself in the community. I love uh, serving the community where I live and understanding it further. And so uh, I've been part of uh, a lot of the activity that's happening here, uh, especially in areas of uh, entrepreneurship and and, uh, building opportunity for all. Yeah, and that's how we met through the, in the entrepreneurial kind of ecosystem here. And I know you've had your hands in a lot of, of different startups from the the business side, finance operations, and several that people will know about, you have had a hand in helping them along the way. Um, So I want to turn to what's happening in this uh, nation, really, and globally right now. Um, one of the things, you know, over the last few weeks, Chad and I both have been, um, just kind of, uh, 
I'm, I don't know the right word. I was going to say stuck or paralyzed or kind of uh, this this really heavy place of reexamining our values, our lives, our business, um, and from the perspective of what's happening in our world with um, unrest and racism and um, looking at how we kind of constructed things and confronting some hard things in ourselves. I think to be completely honest about um, people of color in our network and our community and how we're involved in that. And it's been a really interesting uh, journey over the last few weeks, just trying to figure out like, how do we confront this in an authentic way? Um, and so we just got real intentional about wanting to hear and elevate voices of color that uh, we think are wise, um, are have something important to say, and are really thoughtfully approaching this this whole conversation. And so, of course, you're we've been friends with you for a long time. I wanted to have you on because um, I'm just really interested in your perspective. Um, it's kind of a big question. I'm not sure how we want to tackle it, but um, I'd love to know kind of what you're seeing and experiencing uh, from a personal level, but also as somebody who's a leader in this community, if you could just speak into, um, yeah, the the experience right now. Well, I I think this is a a time of important reflection, right? We, um, we are seeing, uh, I think the the years of of people not feeling they have the opportunity that others have. Um, I really believe in opportunity. I believe in uh, making sure that uh, people can reach their full potential. And and my experience, for instance, in the business uh, side at, at launch was understanding that a lot of people, for instance, there had excellent ideas for businesses had had the drive but they there was you know it could be social capital lacking could be financial capital lacking there was some obstacle along the way that um sometimes interrupted that that process and so our job was always to try to open the door when it comes to uh, a lot of my focus right now which is the area of education um the same thing can be said right uh it's still the same people with the same great potential with the same uh, drive and goals and desires and dreams, uh, but that find themselves uh, sometimes with obstacles along the way. And I think uh, what we are encountering is is that has just generated a a sense of of frustration and anger. Um, obviously, we've seen uh, you know bigger things than that um, with with the death of George Floyd and and um, the impact of that. But at the end of the day, it's important that as a community, we look for ways to develop opportunity for everybody and ensure that everybody has, has this chance to achieve great things, um, through the potential that they already have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that sounds really American, right? It's pretty, Mm -hmm. how how idealistic of us. Um, But, you know, and what's incredible and has become exciting to me about, so the first week we were, yeah, we were kind of, I think everyone was a little bit we're like, what is going on in our world? But but day by day, I became, you know, increasingly encouraged that, 
you know, maybe there is some change afoot that I have definitely never uh, been a part of in my lifetime. Like it's more than just an outrage. There seems to be some kind of shift. It's a, a perfect storm, I guess, of, of factors. Uh, but within our community right now, Marco, what are you seeing? Like, are you just seeing a lot of change and like willingness to like really want to get together and give those opportunities to the people who um, are, have those obstacles in their way or, or are you, or is there still surprising resistance? What, what are you experiencing um, right here on uh, in the middle of uh, here in June? Well, I, th- I think it starts before this. I, I uh, have always had a deep, passion for this community. I think uh, Hamilton County and, and Chattanooga uh, are moving toward a direction of saying, you know, we want to be a city, we want to be an area that creates opportunity. Um, and so I think what we've seen, I mean, this this pandemic was the first uh, stage of uh, kind of recognizing that, that the impact uh, was not equal, right? Like there, there have been people who, um, because of where they are in, in their profession, where they are in, in their socioeconomic status have been impacted incredibly hard through, through this. Um, and so it, it brings that back to light. Uh, and then again, I think we've got this, uh, uh, desire from, from, you know, different communities to say, we want, we want access, we want opportunity, uh, uh, and we want to be heard. And, and, uh, and so, and people are listening. I think our community as a whole is, is interested in making sure that, uh, that we are a space that gives opportunity, that we are a space that gives, uh, a chance to every individual to achieve their goals and their, and their heart's desires. So, uh, I really have always believed that we have best interest, that this is a community that can actually be an example to the rest of the nation as to how we can uh, impact everybody. And, uh, and so we're, you know, we're, we're drawing attention to it, fortunately, and, uh, and people are listening and people are uh, welcoming uh, the hope and the dream of, of others. And I do hope and expect that we will see that change moving forward. Mm. Okay. Good. Well, that's really, yeah, that's interesting. And, and of course we just spoke about your business and finance background and how you've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs in the city. So you've, you've gotten a, a sense of that kind of um, at times that, that pretty hip, exciting tech startup world um, as it, you know, it, it's really actually cropped up, um, in a lot of, um, different places outside of Silicon Valley, you know, and, and Chattanooga was, has been something of a hub for it. Um, but so you've seen kind of both sides of the spectrum. You're trying to emphasize education as the key. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, do you see, you know, I guess one of the let me narrow this down. You, we see, we, we talk a lot about like, there's this kind of idea of systemic racism. There is this, there are these, you know, almost invisible hands of uh, like forces that are oppressive agents um, that are, that are 
quiet, that are almost insidious. Do what what ways are you do you see this in our community or communities? And um, specifically, how can we you know start to overcome them and dismantle them? Um, you know, it's 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 important to understand that some of this has long uh, historical roots, right? Right. Uh, and so dismantling something that has long history uh, is is not something we do overnight. It's something that's going to take, uh, you know, years to, to work toward. Um, I think one of the areas that, uh, that I always noted, again, I, I worked very much in the area of of small business development and, and a lot of our work was focusing on uh, building opportunity for those who were underrepresented. So uh, that was minorities, women, people in low wealth communities. And very often I say to people, if, if you look at a room and someone's missing from that room who, who would be representative of the community, you know, our, our typical response is to come around and say, well, who do I know who I can invite into the room? And I think a better response would be to say, what about our system is making a person feel uninvited in this room? Yeah. I love that. Um, and, uh, and so how do we, how do we look at uh, uh, changing things that are uh, deeply embedded in the way we do things um, so that other people can feel welcome and can feel a part of it? So for instance, I, I can go back to, to one of the things that we had to work for and that we're still working uh, in in this community regarding the business development, which was uh, borrowing and lending. We, we uh, had seen a significant uh, gap in, in opportunity for capital for some of the businesses we were looking for. So we worked with the city, we worked with some foundations, we worked with, uh, with some banks and, and lenders to try to provide opportunity for everybody. One of the things that uh, I worked uh, personally to try to develop here was bringing Kiva loans, for instance, to to Chattanooga uh, and helping uh, small businesses have an opportunity to access uh, small loans in order to get their, their business off the ground. Um, so these are, these are systems that underlie that again, most of our, our response is usually to just say, who do I invite in instead of saying, how do we change the system? How do we, uh, how do we create a more uh, inviting opportunity for everybody? And where are the gaps in, in that process? Uh, and, uh, and going back to education, you know, the, uh, the same question comes up, you know, why are, are some uh, schools successful? Why are some schools uh, underperforming? What is the uh, dynamic that is happening behind there? How do we process that in order to achieve results for everybody? How do we create opportunity for everybody? And if we uh, need to look at underlying issues behind that, then we need to go deep and say, okay, this is, this is where the issues are, and this is what we need to provide in order to change the, the system from, from the ground up. You know, and as I think about the conversations I'm in and, and seeing over the last few weeks, 
Uh, I love that reframe because I think that's, I'm trying to understand in myself and what I'm seeing, what this, the shift is. I told a friend of mine that um, I feel like a, a, a switch has been flipped in me where I, you know, the um, interracial struggles that I've been a part of and in conversations around and kind of thinking through has been largely intellectual for me over the last 25 years. And that's part of the privilege that I have to keep it intellectual. And so something has made it visceral for me now. And I think you framing that up, that question, that reframe of um, what has happened in this system that has kept people out, that seems to be um, what people right now are asking. So instead of hey, let's, you know, let's check the box or have this intellectual kind of conversation about diversity. There does seem to be a little bit of a shift where people are starting to examine their own uh, bias, their own uh, implicit bias, their discriminatory practices in a much more profound way. So I appreciate that shift. Um, it's still hard though. So I wonder if you could speak into that. Like, how do we help people? How, how do we begin to ask some different questions? Um, and maybe well, it does go back to education, which is, I know your, your well, passion. So, so it's interesting, but, um, as you were speaking, one of the thoughts that I was having is, I think the reason I approach it and, and Chad, you said it's very American to, to one of the comments, you know, um, I also approach it from a, from a position of my faith, but, uh, but we believe all men are created equal, all men and women are created equal. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if that is true and, and there is a gap, we have to try to understand where that gap occurs. Right. And so again, I, I really believe in the potential and the capacity of people, mm -hmm. um, in, in much of my work with businesses, I have seen that. I've seen that, that the capacity is there, the intent is there, the drive is there. So because I, I believe in, in that, then I want to look deeper to understand where some of those gaps were. Why did some people uh, achieve certain results? Why did others uh, not? And yes, I think education is is a big um, reality there i graduated from a public school and my public school that i went to was a stem school it was a magnet school program and among my classmates were people who came from uh you know low-income uh households who through this opportunity that was given to them in the public uh education that i went to uh went on to get their, their masters and their PhDs. And, and some of them became, uh, recognized scientists, uh, because education gave them an opportunity that they wouldn't have had otherwise. Uh, so I do think education is a big, uh, is a big, you know, uh, need for us to focus on so that we can help people, improve. And, and, and that's one of the reasons I, I, I'm running, you know, we have 44,000 students in Hamilton County, uh, and 44,000, uh, students, uh, 
means that we have a, a huge responsibility for the education of of our our children in in this county and and to provide opportunities for the future uh, and and for the challenges they're going to see. So how do we prepare everybody uh, as best we can to be able to to achieve those results that we want them to achieve? Um, so, can we talk about that a little bit? Please. So let's say, you know, let's fast forward. You're elected to the school board, uh-huh. which we believe will happen, Thank just you. for the record. <laughs> <laughs> what policies, what shifts, what changes are you going to be lobbying for? What are you going to be out there fighting for um, so that we can have, you know, equity for all in our education system? Well, the first is the advocacy, right? The first is is understanding uh, the importance of every student, um, and and the belief that every student needs to have an opportunity for a great education, right, for an excellent education. Uh, I think uh, we've come a long way as Hamilton County. Uh, last couple of years, Hamilton County has been ranked uh, the fastest improving district for two years in a row. Uh, When I moved here, one of the first things I recognized and realized uh, was that the quality of the public education wasn't even across the different schools. So uh, when I would ask about where to live, sometimes people would say we have great private schools and, uh, and, you know, because the schools that were in that area weren't the best schools. I want every one of our students to have an opportunity for a great education, regardless of where they live. That's that's one of my uh, big goals. So what are we doing mm-hmm. toward that? Obviously, part of it is continuing this path of improvement. Uh, I think uh, supporting what we're doing in Future Ready Institutes across the different schools, supporting our magnet schools so that students uh, can be educated according to their skills and their gifts and, and capacities uh, that might be unique to them. Uh, we have expanded the open enrollment process so that uh, students might be able to, to transfer to another school uh, if, if it better serves their needs and, and parents consider it better serves their needs. So all of these things to me are areas that we need to work on, obviously with the new pandemic uh, issues that we're dealing with, we need to make sure technology is available to everybody. We need to make sure that students uh, not only have access to technology in case they need to switch, but actually that they have the support to reach that uh, technology. You know, some, some parents may not be able to support their students to be able to access school in the same way as other parents do. So mm-hmm. we have to keep an eye on that as well. Yeah, yeah. for um, sure. Um, what well, we were talking a lot about, and I mean, without wading into some of the really difficult conversations about um, sort of some of the, I guess, family structures, those, those are tough questions to answer um, when there isn't support, I know. But I, I almost feel like, should we, like there's education, from from one end of the spectrum, and it's I think everyone is needing to be educated, right? I mean, there there needs to be an openness um, from you know people in positions of privilege and power to have an open mind and to to try to 
to continue to listen to the needs in the community. Obviously, it hasn't happened for a long time for a reason. Um, what are ways that we can educate everyone? Well, I think uh, we have to be willing, right? Like we have to we have to be listening um, in in order to understand the need and in order to understand the opportunity. And so are we, are we educating ourselves? First of all, are we, are we reading, uh, beyond our, our current system, you know, and, and, and our current, uh, uh, you know, circle, uh, but are we trying to understand outside of that? What, what's happening. And so, uh, so I think we start there, uh, beyond that, we, again, we see ourselves as part of a greater community. Um, we see ourselves as part of, uh, and we understand that the effects of the, of the greater community actually support our own good. You know, we all benefit from everybody benefiting. We all grow from everybody growing. So I think uh, we begin with that. Where do we educate ourselves? How do we learn? And I think that's what you're seeing now, even listening to you, Shelley. Uh, a lot of people are saying, okay, I, I've read this, but I'm beginning to see things from a different perspective, and I want to be able to implement some of these changes, and I want to be able to, to live them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, after that, what steps do we take? Uh, Again, our normal lifestyle is to say, well, now I understand it, which is false. Um, Again, this has years and decades. We're not going to understand it quickly. But instead, how do I empower people to be the voice that they uh, have the right to be? How do I I not only listen to others, but how do I empower them? Um, You know, uh, back to one of your early questions, which was my upbringing. I think when you are raised in, in a, uh, different country, you learn to listen to different voices. You learn to implement those voices and understand where they're coming from. Uh, and so that opportunity is, is important in general is, is being able to say, you know, people see things, from different perspectives, how do I create empathy toward that? How do I become attuned to the perspective that they're listening uh, or that they're that they're viewing things from? And how do I uh, implement some of those realities into my own practice and into my own way? So I, I think we're I think we're attuned right now in a way that we haven't been. Um, and I, I hope we continue to do that uh, and, and continue to improve our listening skills and our empathy skills in order to make a difference in, in the community that we're in. I've been thinking recently about <clears throat> and writing a little bit about finding your lane in sustained okay. activism because there's a lot of zealousness right now and like eagerness and People wanting to jump to, um, you know, Fixing doing that. something, mm-hmm. and it's you know, would, I, I I totally agree with what you're saying. There's this, you know, how do we sustain our activism 
where's our lane? How do we give what grows in us so that it is generative and not depleting? Is education your lane? Education is my lane now, uh, for sure. I mean, I've, I think we all have multiple lanes, right? I think uh, historically my lane has been small business development and, and support. Uh, and, uh, I've had an opportunity to develop a great passion around that and develop great, uh, friends through that, that have, have achieved great things. So, so that's been, uh, just a beautiful experience. Uh, and, and now I'm moving into, into this. I, I think we need to continue as, as a community, improving the educational system we have, I think. Uh, we need to go from having the best, uh, fastest improving schools to having the best schools in the state. And, and we will all rise from that. This, you know, this helps everybody. This impacts everybody. Uh, it, it will make Hamilton County incredibly attractive to, to people on the outside. It will uh, bring m- more equity through through the experience of people on the inside right um it just really has to be something we focus on in order to be able to uh improve our entire system for everybody so so for many people they've said in the last few years this is our next uh most important more most crucial obligation and uh and we have to do something about it. So yeah, so I I yeah. felt that passionately. I felt that strongly. I'm not a politician. You guys know that. You've known me long enough. I'm not uh, somebody who's well versed in 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 political language. I'm a person who's very passionate about our community. And and as such, I've just felt for for years that this is truly where we need to focus. This is truly where we need to build. And uh, it's the opportunity to do it. It's the time to do it. Uh, it is the time. Yeah, totally agree with you. So can you speak a little bit about your decision to run? Cause uh-huh. you know, obviously this is the big self community. It's all about big ideas, meet your true self. Um, so this kind of the, this organic process of, of defining who you really are and then with courage going after what you really want and the change you want to see in the world, how, like walk through how you kind of came to this decision, decided to jump in, and maybe even what would be some advice you'd give someone who, who's thinking similarly. Like they're on, they're watching, and they're like, "I have this idea, and I want to jump in." I'm not sure. Like, just what would you say to them? <clears throat> so, it's an interesting process. I've I've considered it for years. I. Uh, wanted to, I've always wanted to make a change. I've considered getting more involved in, in areas where you have not only a voice, but you actually can enact the next steps and the next change. Uh, and mm-hmm. as I said, education has, has become an area that I've really wanted to see us grow as a community. So, uh, as I've processed, as I processed, uh, the opportunity there, I decided to put my name in. I will admit that I didn't realize at the time, again, as a non-politician, really how uh, 
campaigning works, how, how, what it would entail, what it would entail, the, the (laughs) exhaustion that comes from that. Um, And I think, uh, and, and even the way that you expose yourself, right? Like uh, those who have known me in the community have known me as a person who's passionate about serving, who's passionate about making an impact. But much of what I've done, I do in the background. I do quietly uh, for the sake of others. And and now I have to be right at the front. I have to be, uh, you know, and I get to be, I'll, I'll use that term, but I get to be up front. I get to uh, have my ideas poked and prodded. I, I get to be questioned on why I'm doing things. Uh, that's new. That's a, a completely different experience for me. Uh, I, it's interesting how grateful people are that I'm doing this. I, I get phone calls or, or I speak to people even when I uh, meet people and tell them that I'm running for office, they'll thank me uh, because I think there's, there is this sense that this is a position that's needed, but that not everybody is willing to step up. Um, at the end of the day, we're obligated to each other, I feel. At the end of the day, we're obligated to take the skills and capacities and talents we have and try to make the most impact with them in the community in which we live. And so for me, that has been how I've approached this is, okay, I I have spent years trying to make an impact in this community. This seemed like a next step that was logical. Uh, and, and I, and I went into it and I'm learning in the process. I'm learning how to campaign. I'm learning how to, uh, express myself and explain myself. Uh, I'm learning how to develop, uh, stronger ideas and focuses each time. And, uh, and I encourage people like we can't just sit back, uh, and let others take these paths for us, but we have to activate ourselves and make the biggest impact we can with the time that we have uh, in in the period that is given to us, right? And so I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited because of the opportunity this will bring. I'm excited because, as you said, I do expect to be on the board. And, and on the board, I will use my skills and I will use my talent and I will use my passion and I will use every thing that I bring to the table for a purpose that I believe is, is important to all of us, which is the education of every one of our students, the, the support of every one of our teachers and the improvement of every one of our schools. Like, uh, you know, if, if you'll see my platform, it's that simple, every student, every teacher, every school, because we have to make sure that we continue building a community that's strong for everybody else. And for others, it might be another path. It might be, you know, running for, for mayor. There's a few people who we know who are moving along that path. It may be running for higher office. Um, you know, whatever it may be, this is the time we're given. What do we do with it and how do we make the greatest impact? Well, what I really respect about uh, what you're doing, Marco, is that you clearly are willing to do that inner work and put yourself out there willing to be vulnerable. uh, And then you're translating that inner work 
uh, into trying to have an outer impact. Um, I know that you, you did the, um, the boot camp, the big self boot camp, uh, this past October, I think. And, um, Shelly says that you are an Enneagram six. Is yeah. That- I hear a lot of Enneagram six coming out, Marco. I have to say, say I love it. How, how so? Well, that means, uh, according to Shelly. So, I mean, if you're an Enneagram six, you're the loyalist, uh, maybe not super trusting of authority, but you're a head type. Shelly says you also have a huge heart and you're accessible uh, and, and, you know, and all of these making yourself accessible. So it's an interesting juxtaposition. And I, I think that you've obviously done a lot of personal growth. And, and I think we do respect well, the work you're doing in the community. Yeah. So I, what it's really fun to hear you talk about this, uh, this path, Marco, and and how you're putting yourself out there. Cause that's the, you know, the, um, the head types that they sit in that fear triad. And so that often kind of keeps them in the background, mm-hmm. but when type six can find their courage and they step into that, then man, they are mission driven. They lead, tr- you know, whole teams and tribes of people to make real big change. And so, you know, that's what I'm hearing, that the courage that you have found within to then step into this arena in a really profound, impactful way is exactly what I think the six is. When when they're healthy and they're integrated and they find their courage, that's what they're capable of doing. So that's what I'm hearing. Oh, thank you. I mean, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it's it's a huge opportunity and it's a huge uh, responsibility in front of me and, and it will be even further right now. It's, it's part of the, you know, responsibility of trying to bring people around me to support this work. Uh, but moving forward, that will continue. We need, we need the entire community to get behind the education of our students. We need the entire community to be supportive of, of the improvements of our, of our schools. We need the entire community to make sure that our, our students will have opportunities after they graduate and, and will be able to, you know, get internships and career, uh, experiences and, and will be able to, uh, you know, get the support they need to get to college and, and whether, or, or a vocational, uh, study, you know, whatever it may be, we need as a community to really see this as our responsibility, our obligation moving forward. Um, yeah. And, and when, again, one of my, one of the things I talk about is the support of teachers. You know, I think all of us experienced uh, in the last uh, few months, really how teachers were able to, to pivot really quickly and start supporting students uh, at home in a matter of days, right? Like, uh, unexpectedly, suddenly they were doing that. We, we need to rally around them as a community in order to support what will come forward, not only, uh, because of who they are and, and what they did, but because of the demands that the next year or two will have and, and beyond, you know, it's not just about the next year or two, but mm-hmm. how do we as a community rally uh, to support and ensure that they are successful, how do we treat them as experts in their field and professionals that they are, and how do we uh, give them the resources and the tools uh, they need in order to uh, achieve the results that we want for our students? So all of this will take a huge community effort moving forward, and 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 I think the opportunity to rally people toward that 
is huge, not only because I'm running, but because when I'm in that role, we we will still need everybody coming around us. I am I'm glad you're leading the charge, Marco. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very yeah. exciting times. And and let's, you know, I, I do hope that we can rally and seize this opportunity, uh, continue to you know, make it the, you know, yeah, like what it could be. Uh, right now, you know, as we wrap up each of our conversations, we, we like to ask our, uh, our big self podcast guests um, three questions. Uh, and let's start with uh, what's what's a book you're reading right now? Well, right now I'm spending most of my reading reading about uh, education and policy and, and things like that. So uh, I, I, I'm not going to say that I'm reading lots of books. There are two uh, books that are on my shelf. One of them is from uh, one of my, um, uh, or I'm on my bedside, uh, one of them is from one of my former uh, colleagues. She wrote a book called This Too Shall Last. Uh, K.J. Ramsey, and uh, it's interesting because obviously I pre-purchased the book last year, uh, and uh, and she deals with chronic pain. Uh, it's a it's a faith-based book on on her experience in her faith, uh, uh, which is my faith, you know, uh, and how she has had to accept that this will be part of her life. Well, you know, in the midst of what we're working mm. with, it's been uh, really valuable to see her perspective and, and understand that uh, not everything gets solved right away. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, and then the second has to do with a, a group that we're on, which is, uh, you know, we're reading how to, how to speak to our teenage kids. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, you need to send me that one. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so it's, uh, but really I'm spending most of my time uh, trying to learn more and more and more and more. Uh, about this role that I'm going to have. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, so tell us what your morning routine looks like. Do you have some, uh, rituals that you do in the morning? My ritual is as there's been an added level of stress is trying to begin my morning without filling my mind with, uh, with some of that stress, but begin my morning, uh, by focusing a little, a little more, uh, my morning coffee is very important to me uh, mm -hmm. to sit down, take it easy, uh, enjoy it, and and then begin the day with with everything that we have. Yeah, just just some mindfulness there over the coffee. I yeah. think Shelley can relate to that, especially. Yes, I, I I'm the same. I get my co coffee and I go to the back porch right now because it's so beautiful up here on the mountain, mm -hmm. and that's my my solitude time with me and my coffee. Uh -huh. um, yeah. Well, finally, Marco, uh, just, uh, and I, cause I know you've, you have had some experience with big self now for a few months. What does big self mean to you? Um, my experience is about being authentic. I, you, you said something that was significant to me, uh, Chad, which was I'm approachable. Uh, and I hope so. I hope that what people experience when, when they meet me is that I'm, I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to uh, hear who they are and, and what they do. And, and that to me comes with authenticity. It, it comes with the importance of being able to, uh, truly be caring of other people in the process of, of speaking to others, being able to listen to other people and being able to acknowledge 
who they are. And so uh, that to me is, is the authenticity of, of life. Like how do we just treat each other with, with an authentic interest and an authentic care? Wow. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. I do too. This has been fun. I, yeah, I, I, I just want people to know, you know, please go, what's your website, Marco? The uh, VoteMarcoPerez.com. VoteMarcoPerez.com. You guys go check it out. Look at his platform. Look at what Marco's been doing, is now doing, and will continue to do. Um, you know, I, I go back to the Enneagram. So you're a head type. So you are, you know, your analysis is spot on. You have such good thoughts and strategy, but you also, you know, those six have those big hearts. Um, so the fact that you're talking about caring, you're talking about community, uh, being a leader in this, you know, an empathy movement in our community, I think is beautiful. Um, and so the combination of that head and heart, um, I think is going to serve us very well on the school board. And so I'm just um, cheering for you. I'm actually getting, as soon as we get off, I'm texting Amy, <laughs> your volunteer coordinator, and I'm going to sign up. I'm like, put Wonderful. me to work. Wonderful. Yeah. So we're excited for you. Wonderful. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for your support. Thank you for the way that you allow us to uh, to get out there and be a voice for our students and our, uh, and our teachers and our schools and our community as a whole. So I appreciate it very much. Well, of course, thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedule. And uh, yeah, we'll keep on trying to spread the word and fight the good fight. Great. I appreciate it. Thank you, Marco. Thanks, Marco. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Big Self Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, join the community on Facebook at the Big Self Society. You can find us at big underscore self on Twitter. And we are also at the Big Self Society on Medium, where we feature and curate content on topics ranging from psychology to creativity and productivity. We'd love to hear from you. What show made an impact on your thinking, your habits, your decision-making, or anything else? And anyone you'd like us to reach out to and have on the show, let us know. <laughs>